Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, this is Bryson Stott, first-round draft pick of the Philadelphia Phillies, and you're listening to the High Hopes Podcast with James Seltzer and Jack Fritz. This is the High Hopes Podcast. I hope. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo, it is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast, the first edition since Jack and I spent a weekend in Cooperstown together. How about it, buddy? And the first edition since the Phillies basically acquired Cliff Lee and Drew Smiley. All right, Gabe. All right, Gabe. I mean, I get what he's saying from the standpoint of he's left-handed and kind of looks like him. A little bit looks like him, yeah. But and actually, when I was watching yesterday, he kind of, uh, when he finished his fastball and he, we went glove side, he had that same, remember Cliff did a little hop? Sure. And he of has course. The, I, he, of course. He has that little hop to him. Uh, oh, you're, are you starting to buy into the Smiley Lee comparison? Are you with Gabe on this? No. No, nobody is. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. By the way, in case anyone's wondering, we were banished from our normal studio again. No biggie, whatever. It's the weekly tradition. That's what we do. Yeah, we're, we we take the show on the road more than every podcast <laughs> in the world. You're damn so. right we do. But that's because we're versatile, Jack. We can do it anywhere. Much like Scott Kingery. You're damn right yeah, about that. That's, that's for darn sure. All right, coming up a little later, we'll, we'll talk about our, ho- our uh, Hall of Fame action. Good times up there. But let's talk some Phillies because I think that's what people come for. What do you think? Mm, I would say that. Or they're just getting ready for the John Mayer concert like myself. <laughs> the, yeah, I'll talk to you for John Mayer tonight. Oh, dude, John Mayer's uh, tonight at the Wells Fargo Center, and I'm just I can, he's the best. So I can't wait to see what you love um, John modern day Eric Clapton. I'm, I'm excited to see. <laughs> oh I'm excited to see what he sounds like. Modern when he, day. Listen, when he get, you know Eric Clapton's alive in the modern day, right? When he when he comes <laughs> when he comes out and starts singing Gravity, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a nice tearjerker. Oh. And that's when he has the she starts shredding. It's just the best. Oh, man. <laughs> well, except for the trio set. I I'm a John Mayer trio guy. Real ones no. Trio is strong. Real I ones. I mean, obviously no. the best thing that he does is play songs that he didn't write because you know Grateful Dead and all that. But whatever. Yes. All right, Phillies, two or three. Two or three? It didn't feel like it was going to be two or sure three, Jack. It really didn't. That didn't. Uh, that Diaz fly ball was like, oh, well, that was fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and it was like a it was a weekend where the offense was back to its inconsistencies. Of course, Eflin uh, feels heavy, which like same. And <laughs> I know that's that's my life. Thanks, Zach. Yes, every day I wake up, I'm like, man, feel heavy today. So like, I, how am I gonna get through the day today? Listen, I'm happy because they're kind of. The Phillies are just treading water. Like they're just treading water until the deadline when hopefully they go out and make some trades and they're literally they're five and five since the all star break. That's and they're, the definition of treading water. They're never gonna fall out of it because the second wild card is, is just gonna be there. Like yeah. the second wild card, they're not gonna ever fall out of it. So they're gonna be in the race until the end. Um so for now they're just treading water and it's fine. Like um it, like it, until they go to the deadline and bring in a legit starter, maybe they might need a freaking closer now or like another guy. In the back. Maybe. They, they, <laughs> Hector's, maybe Hector's falling off a cliff. They man. definitely need someone there. So I know there's a lot of holes in this team, but the second wild card is going to be there all year. So for now, tread water until you got to go make your your deadline acquisitions. All right. Well, speaking of treading water, two or three, happy with it against the Pirates. Um, we get to watch some baseball together. 
How about yeah, that? Watching watching the fills up in Cooperstown Cooper was, was very cool. It was very cool. There was a it felt cool. Yeah. Um, all right, Friday. Gene Segura hustled. <laughs> that was the I mean, shout out to Gene. Like, yeah. the guy's playing on a bruised heel right now. He had to get taken out of the game Take yesterday. Sunday, yep. Like, you got to give that guy a ton of credit. I mean, he playing on the bruised heel, hustles that out. And that's out. a painful thing to have for a baseball player. A bruised heel is not fun. Yeah, and plus, like, I feel like that play always gets converted. Like, even when Roman Quinn does that. Absolutely. Like, no, I, w- I, I couldn't believe he was safe. Like, Kyle Crick must have just had a bad reaction out of the... Like yeah, it's the I only think, way that ever happened. I think he probably took his time a little bit more, thinking he had time, and he didn't have time. Yeah, so, I mean, shout, shout out to Gene. I mean, Arietta and Gene on Friday night. Like, Arietta's... We ripped Arietta. Okay, here's the deal with Jake Arietta. Keep the bone spurs, buddy. Better with the bone spurs than without, Jack! Maybe. Talk to me. How is this possible? Because, and it's only been a couple starts, but he looks better. Is he trying to do less? Is it just a fluky thing with the matchups? But he looks better with the bones first. Well, maybe uh, since the slider was getting ripped regardless. He's just not throwing it. It's helping, right? Uh, I just think that I think he's done a really good job of keeping the ball down. Um, like when he when he can get top on top of his sinker and drive it down and get that downward tilt to it and keep it, but not throw it out of the zone like he was doing, but keeping it in the zone for as long as possible so guys have to swing at it. Like it's just a, it's a, it's a still pretty decent pitch. His his problem is is that as soon as he raises it a little bit, it just gets teed it gets off. Gets murdered yeah. because I mean that then it, his fingers are on top of the baseball. He's leaving it up and there's just not any sink to it. Like Noel is so good uh, with that kind of run stuff because his hands are on the side of it and like it doesn't matter what location it is. Like he's always gonna get run on it. Arietta needs to be on top of it. So I think he's done a good job of that. Um, is he staying within himself more? Is that like a possibility that the bone spurs and look, I'm obviously joking somewhat about this. You know, you would never say that someone's better with the elbow injury, but is it possible that that he's staying within himself a little more, trying to do less because of the bone spurs and it's helping or something like that? Uh, I think it could be. I think I think he could be trying to. He just knows that he has to do this. Like he right. has to have a set yes. plan. Don't even worry about throwing the slider because it hurts too much. Um, I I just think he's he he's he's keeping the ball down. I just think that's what it comes down to. And maybe it's a focus thing. Maybe now, like I mean, some, that's a good a, point. Maybe he's a little more focused on every single pitch because he has to. Well, because be. a lot of people say you, you play your best when you're when you're either sick or hungover. Sure. And, and <laughs> I mean seriously, right, MJ? That's what they say. Yeah. And uh, and maybe now that he has these bone spurs, like he has to focus that much more on each pitch. Um, and the Pirates, like. It's a pretty. It's pretty incredible. They have the fourth highest average in baseball, which is crazy. Yeah, and the Phillies they, held them one out, two out of three games to one run, which I think like, is yeah, like Kevin Newman's batting like three thirty, and Colin Moran's batting three hundred or two ninety eight or whatever. I mean, you got, they got a bunch of guys who you would not expect to be hitting for a high average or hitting for high. Yeah, averages. a team of slap hitters. Yeah. But. And uh, Slapitters and Josh Bell. Yeah, that's, Slapitters that's and Josh Bell. Pirates. And then they get to Josh Bell, and it's like, oh, well, this is kind of nerve-wracking. Yeah. Uh, and then, listen, and then for, like, this, it was such a weird series, because you have Arietta... As they all are. We just talked about the Dodgers series. It's like up and down, up and... It doesn't... You never get the same team night tonight. Let's factor crazy. in what happened this weekend. Okay. You had six, uh, five and two-thirds of Arietta. Yep. Then you had a smiley six innings out of nowhere. Six... Brilliant innings, eight Ks. You have Cole. Like the curveball was like unhittable. You have Cole Irvin and Ranger Suarez closing out games for you. Do you know that Ranger Suarez three and zero since the All Star break? All that guy does is win games. He's okay. Yeah, you, yeah, you're a little bit. Uh, you're. He's okay. He's no. He's okay. It's no longer the the. Oh my God! Here comes Ranger Suarez. Well, like, yeah, and also look, he as as a reliever, he's a little bit better than he was as a starter. Well, yeah, he has uptick in velocity too. Totally. I mean, he's up to like ninety three, ninety four now. And look, he can control where the ball's going, yep. which is like. You know, that's nice to see. Right? That shouldn't be as nice to see as it is, but it's nice to see. It's, it's very nice to see. Yeah. So. No, I've, I've, look, I've enjoyed Ranger. Ranger's doing his job. Yeah. And, I mean, like, the Irvin thing, that was, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know why. I don't know why. Okay. He changes, he him changes in the arm ninth, slot. Leaving him in the ninth, sure, that makes sense. You're up 6-1 to one at that point. Like, why is he coming into a, a 3-1 game there in the eighth inning? Like, he's your high leverage guy in the eighth inning. That's my point, though, when we're talking before about, and again, Naris, at the end, you can't trust anymore. But, I mean, they just don't have enough arms here, man. Like, they need more arms in the pen. Guys who, when they come into the... Again, we talked about it. How much did we talk about up the Hall of Fame? And we included Naris on the list. But, like, Naris, who right now, I don't think anyone feels comfortable when he comes in because he is really going through a rough stretch. And, boy, the body language doctor does it's not It's not been like good. It. Yeah. No, I, I thought the game was over. I thought we were going to lose. Bases loaded, that fly ball. I mean, that was a hard-hit ball. It just hit right at Nick Williams. But look, look, Adam Morgan and Jose Alvarez, yes, Jose Alvarez, are the only two other guys I trust. It, it, there is no one you trust coming in, but 
somehow over a couple of these games, the pen really did hold up. Well. It's just it's it's all just bend but don't break. Like that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, for sure. that's just how I feel watching the Phillies right now. It's like it's like it's, it's all nerve wracking. It's a Jim Schwartz defense. That's all. That's all it is. It's a bunch of Corey Grams on a sticks coverage. <laughs> it's, uh, as long as it's not fourth and fifteen in Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. The sticks. Bunch of sticks defense. That's what that's <laughs> what that's what, we're, that's what we're working with here. Yeah, I can I can get down with that. Um, so Arietta, nice side. The bullpen does a nice job there. The offense shows up a little bit. Well, Bryce Harper maybe getting things going. Well, Jack, do your Bryce thing. Because basically this is literally, I would want to talk about other things in Cooperstown, and Jack just kept coming back to Bryce. Listen, when I have a few... All weekend long, just so excited about Bryce. When I have a few beers in me, the <laughs> yeah. Bryce love comes out. <laughs> it comes out strong. It's all I talk about. It's like, it's like I, we, I was walking around the Hall of Fame. I was like, man, one day Bryce is going to be in here. <laughs> 13 years from now, yeah, buddy. guess who's going to make that trip to Cooperstown? Yeah, buddy. Me and you, once again. Yes. In year 15 of the podcast. I'll be 100 years old by then. <laughs> yeah, well, that'll be what you're... Thirtieth, thirtieth mm, class. I yes, think your thirtieth anniversary. Thanks, buddy. It's <laughs> um, good stuff right there. Uh, but yeah, so Bryce, um, two for five Friday night has the RBI double or the RBI single, and then yesterday has the the hustle double. Uh, Huge. So, I mean, that was th- they lose that game without that. Play. And even Saturday, even Saturday, he smokes balls, uh, smoked a ball like three times. So uh, Bryce is just consistently putting good wood. And honestly, Sunday. Some some of those balls were ridiculous, and he knew it. Like if Bryce Harper takes the ball, it's a ball. That's pretty much where I'm at mm-hmm. with him. And he knew it was balls, and he was very frustrated. But yeah, Reese uh, had some bad calls against him too on Sunday. Yeah, and listen, keep throwing Reese's head. Okay, it works. Yeah. I, uh, at some point, he's gonna freak out. Like he, you can see that it's getting to him. You can see that at this point, he's like, really, you're really throwing at me again, like. All any team does is throw at me. Like, enough. No one gets more personally offended by... <laughs> Do you think... So, DeCameron and I were talking about this, and we both think that it's just going to make teams throw at him more. Like, if you show that kind of frustration and show that kind of agitation when it keeps happening, teams are going to keep doing it. Yeah, well, I or mean... Or at least to, not trying to hit him, but throwing him up and in, right? Wouldn't you? If you're yeah, but, a pitcher, but, but, but what about the results? Right, he keeps hitting home runs when so, it... So, <laughs> analytics... <laughs> <laughs> Reese Hoskins, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I'd say he's bad at least 600 after he gets thrown Oh, I think head. it might be like 850. Yeah. But... Um, look, if, if they want to keep doing it, hey, sure, we'll take it. Sure. So, but with Bryce, though, and we were talking about this, is that, like, he's crushing the ball... And whatnot, but he's not lifting the ball. Yeah, we we had this conversation. It's really strange because he is hitting the ball hard, but it's just not getting up there. And he's doing great. Like I'm very happy. He's if he been want, the best player on the team for the last month. If he wants period. to bat 400 with runs in scoring position, great. But like, huh, I I feel like I've seen that everywhere. <laughs> It's like you pointed out once, and now it turns <laughs> turns into a firestorm. That's, that's the only Bryce Harper narrative. That's how clutch he is. I know he's actually. You know, They're showing it on the broadcast now. Like every time he's up with the runners on, it's like those numbers. Well, being clutch is the only reason that Derek Jeter's in the Hall of Fame or going to be in the Hall of Fame. So why not? Did he win an MVP, Jack? Did not win an MVP. Okay, yeah. okay. Did I let Yankees fans know that this weekend? I sure did. <laughs> we'll get to that, but we might have just walked around all weekend going. Unanimous? Yeah, like, but really, you, though? Yeah, and then yeah, it was bad. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll get to the guy we met at the restaurant yes. and did that. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, That's a tease, Jack. He's not lifting the ball, and he's smoking the ball, whatever. I just think that, so baseball, it just, it's, you can't look at every game day to day. Like, I know we love to do that, and we love to treat it like football, and sure. it's like, it makes it more fun, but ultimately like he just got comfortable in the swing about a month ago like june 21st is the last time he tinkered with his swing like so before that he was moving around changing and whatever since june 21st bryce has not changed his swing but since june 21st like the, it feels like the number the power numbers have kind of gone down but the average and obp and seeing the ball better and and whatnot has gone up so maybe the next evolution of the swing change is being able to figure out how to lift the ball again because he's not really lifting the ball he's kind of just smoking the ball right at the second or third or second shortstop hole and mm-hmm. and and helping the team but and sometimes he'll gap it but he's yeah. really not getting that lift on the ball yeah i mean his launch angle is the lowest of his career it's, yeah it's still there so um i'm happy they're smoking the ball i'm just wondering where the power kind of is yeah and look he's doing everything else again we've talked about all year but he, he hustles he's playing great defense he's you know involved he's you know emotionally there all that stuff but uh, i'm with you i think i'm really excited what we're seeing from harper and 
Um, I think it's a big reason this team is still alive at all. All right. Just, well, he's, I mean, he, I mean, the five RBI game against the Dodgers, I mean. Massive. Yeah, they, they lose that game. They lose that game. Without Bryce. And, of course, the walk-off and all right. that part of it. Yeah, no question. So, I mean, it's good because, you know, you pay a guy $330 million, even though it's $25 million a year. Mm-hmm. Like, he's still, Bryce Harper's underpaid, if we're being honest. It, on a yearly basis, there's no question. He's definitely underpaid. I mean, uh, yeah, think about how many guys make 30, 32, 35. I mean, Miguel Cabrera is making 35 a year. So, and I know that, you know, end of career. I mean, Albert Pujols is Is he better than Joey making... Votto, though? Um, <laughs> oh, 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 we'll get into that, too. <laughs> um, but, uh, ah. but, uh, but this is what you pay him for. You pay him to carry your team in stretches, and I think he's doing a good job of doing that. I agree with you. And playing right. the game the right way, and, like, the, the, he's setting the tone with the hustle doubles like he did yesterday. I agree. So. I, we talked a lot about that. I think he sets a tone. And when you're when you're a $330 million guy is doing that stuff, it makes it a lot harder for other players not to do that stuff. So Totally agree. Yeah. Um, all right, Saturday, obviously, the Eflin, I think, is the main storyline to come out. What? Look, we joked about feeling heavy. I, I certainly do when I wake up in the morning and all that. But it, I've never heard a pitcher say what he said. I've heard a, a thousand times a dead arm. Like, that's a thing. We all know what a dead arm means. You know, a few weeks, I'll get it back, whatever. But, like, I've never heard a pitcher say, I just feel heavy. Like, what well, was your like, take on the whole thing? It's obviously, I mean, it's oh, last five stars got an ERA for nine. Yeah, He's it's been like awful. It's almost like you can't get loose and you just feel tight all around and like you just you just don't feel right. Like you just feel like your muscles are just kind of there. Like you're just just picking up your leg and it, there's no like there's no power behind sure. it. Like it's it, you just kind of just feel lethargic and you don't can't get everything behind the ball. But the weird part is, is usually you think that would coincide with a velocity dip. Yeah, but he's still he's throwing 90. 95, 96, yeah, 94, 95. Yeah, and I think his pace is fine. So I'm not totally sure like what exactly feeling heavy is. Like I, I've experienced not being able to get loose or whatnot. Sure, and, and maybe that's what he kind of meant. But feeling heavy because it's not a dead arm. Like, the velocity's there. Honestly, I was like, does he have Lyme disease? Does he been? That was my ticks? first thought. I'm like, does he have Lyme disease? I mean, or mono or something like that. I mean, you poor Eflin. I mean, if he goes from the knees, like finally imagine? being healthy, and then he gets mono or something. Uh, I hope not. Like, uh, fingers crossed. Or Lyme disease. But yeah, stop I, kissing people's ass. I don't think he is, but the 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 feeling heavy thing is weird, and like they just need they need Eflin, man. Like he's been so bad. Dude. I know. Well, especially look, he's not even pitchable. He's barely even pitchable right he's now. Barely, well, that's the thing is it's one of, it's one of those things where, and we'll get to to Smiley a little more detail in Smiley sack, but like the fact that Smiley comes in and they send Pavetta. To the bullpen, right? Which we'll talk about as well. When it could have been three guys, and they were never going to send Eflin to the bullpen. But like, you would have been fine with them saying, "All right, we're taking Velasquez." Obviously, we all thought he'd go to the pen. Put Veta or Eflin out of the rotation. You'd be like, "Sure, they're just not getting it done right now." Yeah, and Eflin now is be, he's basically a two-pitch pitcher. I mean, and I, and I just think I just think his slider is so eh. Like it's mm-hmm. just such a. Mm, it's just not a There's no bite to it. No, it's not a good pitch. And he his fastball is just not the same as to where it was with pinpoint accuracy. Uh, guys seem like they kind of figure out a game plan where they're just like if I was a hitter going up against Zach Eflin, I legit think I would just say, Okay, he's gonna get his fastball over. I'm just gonna sit all over that sit slider. On it. Yeah. Because he's gonna throw a slider. Like that's what he does. And he, like I think guy it's not a it doesn't move enough to where major league hitters aren't gonna be able to recognize it. Mm-hmm. Like let him get let him get his fastball. Let him get his fastball over because he'll do that. But he's going to throw the slider at some point. All you gotta do is wait for it. Like I would just cancel out his fastball at this point. And it seems like that's what teams are doing and it's working. Um so where do you go from here with that flip? I mean, I don't. Like, maybe a, maybe you give him like a like a, a rest, like like put an him on IL a stint or something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Even but, a phantom IL stint or something. Whatever you got to do. And then you guys, I guess you just bring Pavetta back, and then it's, like then you're like <laughs> well, no, Pavetta back again. No, Arietta. It, it just seems like he's handled this bullpen thing so well. You really want to mess with that? He sure is a rock. He is. God. You can't. You can't. All right. <laughs> let's talk about it. We'll see what happens with Eflin. I think it, an IL stint would be nice. And look, if they trade for someone, maybe that's a spot where they can kind of just slide them in and give Eflin a break. Yeah, I mean, the trade deadline's less than soon. Two weeks away, like so. our next pod will be our last pod we do before the trade deadline. <sighs> I love the trade deadline. How about that? I'm excited for. I love scouts. And I guess we might have one more. No, I think we do one the day of, right? The 31st of Monday, I believe. So either way, what's today? Today's uh, the 23rd. No, so it'll be a th- Wednesday. So we'll have one, two more pods before the trade. So deadline. Monday the 29th. Will be our last one before, and then we'll be our react that Thursday. That'll be our trade deadline preview pod. Assuming they don't make a move before them, which which I, I think, think they, they will. But um, I love I love uh, I love uh, scouts are in attendance season. Oh, it's great! They're watching we got Phillies Boyd, just... we got Strom, we got Granky, we got Robbie Ray. It's good stuff. All right, um, Pavetta. Pavetta uh, did not handle this well. I mean, look, 
I don't think there's any. Not even Jack Fritz would argue that Pavetta deserves to stay in the rotation. Well, I mean, look, if you want to fight against Velasquez, that's fine. I'm I'm actually shocked it wasn't Velasquez just because they've already moved him to the pen and but whatnot. They, I understand their reasoning though. Like they want to if Pavetta. Like goes to the bullpen and, and could be great at it. If he looks like a multi-inning, like Velasquez, Velasquez is just a okay pitcher who's never. Period. But if you if you get Pavetta and he came out Saturday night and it was 97-98 with the bite on that slide, like with the bite of that curveball, like that could be a a weapon, weapon, weapon. Totally, but he all, all he's doing is sulking and complaining. No, he's what a baby. He's like so they're like, well, I guess I'm going to the bullpen. Their call or some whatever. Velasquez did the same thing. I mean, it, fine. Nick, I'm I'm tired of both of these guys. You know, what I mean? yeah. <laughs> but if but if if Pavetta goes out there and turns into like an, a dominant reliever, that's it'd be huge. It works. So I don't hate the idea of switching in and just seeing what you got. I, I agree a, with no you. No reason not to see what you got. So I just don't love I don't love the way he freaking handles all this news. Like you, you shouldn't. Man, the f up, dude. We're all bringing signs to High Hopes Night, saying "Man up." Yes, <laughs> that is what we're doing. By the way, High Hopes Night, August seventeenth. We are getting close here we are less than a month i see a lot of people tweeting that they're coming it's been really cool like get your tickets man up chance man up man, man up, up. <laughs> man up. what are they chanting <laughs> it's gonna be great okay he's actually on the mound like flipping us off oh you could do it i could see well, it well see the cool thing is is that now it doesn't just have to be a veta start like he can come in any game yeah. so there's a chance we could see Pavetta no matter what pretty exciting multi-inning weapon for <laughs> multi all right all right. So, um, real one other thing from Saturday before we move on to Sunday, and it's more of a macro thing, but you, you kind of talked about it coming in. Do you think at any point this season we will see this offense have real night-to-night consistency for a long stretch of time? Like, will we get a month where we have just a couple games like that, where it's not like every other night they just don't show up? Well, they sure seem to think they're going to start clicking. <laughs> I hate I hate when they do that. They're like, well, we're we're too talented in here not I to know. figure it out. It's like, dude, you guys haven't hit consistently since the first week of the season. Period. Since the first week of the season. And what's so frustrating is like you can see it. Like um Friday night I thought was a really good example of this. Like Kingery works a three two count and then eventually walks and Segura works works a thirteen pitch at Third, bat. It was a great at bat. And like that's what you should be getting. Those guys should be sons of bitches in the box. Like, Every night. To quote uh, or loosely quote Aaron Boone, they should be effing savages in the box because Yankees hitters are effing savages. Wh- whatever that means, they are. Kingery's got Kingery's at a high K rate, but he also like he's done a decent job of working counts and mm-hmm. whatnot. Segura so should be a guy that should be able to get it to two two and three two by fouling up a thousand pitches almost every single at bat. Mm-hmm. You have Bryce who, uh, who has the best eye on the team. Best well, eye, Reese has a great Reese. eye too. Yeah. Harper should be able to work some deep counts, and he does work deep counts. And Hoskins, Hoskins, has, Hoskins has worked Consistently counts. great at it. Yes. Those, and Realmuto should be able to work counts better. Yeah, he's not a great OVP guy, but uh, Still, he does foul. He's, he's good at foul. Exactly. He's good at making content. So those those four, I will say, should set the tone for the entire game. And should the pitchers should leave the first inning or whatever inning they are facing that top four and just be exhausted. Just be exhausted. Because you saw him Kyle Crick. Like Kyle Crick was just, he was just like, are you freaking kidding me? And he's a great pitcher, Kyle Crick. And there's nothing more frustrating when a guy just starts going and going and going and found because it, it just gets in your head and and i just think that those four guys need to set the entire tone for the entire entire lineup and they need to get back to just grinding and grinding out at bats if you want to play that style of baseball and these guys have these guys have to step up and play that style of baseball with you by the way remiss to, how did i mention friday's game and we didn't talk about adam Hazley? Oh. just that's on me sorry Sorry, I uh, what a beast! I am I'm thoroughly enjoying like just watching the development of Adam Hazley. It's been fun, and he's one of those guys where it's just consistent bat to ball. Like he'll get the bat to the ball. He may not drive it every single time, but he gets the bat on the ball. Like he's just gonna drive. Good at contact rates. Good, solid hitter, and if that power comes, concise swing gets to the ball quickly. Really fast hands. Really, really like his wrist. He turns them over really fast. The double off the wall looked like it. It did look like Utley. It did. It looked. That's exactly what it looked like. That super tight, compact swing, the quick yeah. wrist. It looked like Utley. It looked like Utley. It really did. So I, I, I it really did. I want to see him play as much as possible. I know, yeah, me I too. Know Nick no Williams. more Nick Williams. Can we just not do it? Can we just not? Can we not? Do you remember how like passionate? Can we not? Jack? Do you remember how passionate the uh, Williams and Altair debates were? Yes. Yeah. Turns out that they was a both, gigantic waste of time. They're both bad. All the time spent on that was a waste of time. Altair might still be better. That's how much I dislike Nick Williams. Yeah. Well, they're both bad. Yeah. I'll just say this. They're both <laughs> they're bad. They're just both bad. They're All both right. bad. So, even Hazley, like, even when he, like, he just is consistently making good contact, and you can just see the game 
starting to slow down for him. Yeah. It's starting to slow down for him. He stays average and whatnot. Not great, but I don't expect him to be that great. He looks fine. He looks I good. agree. I know. And him. listen, we talked to our uh, we talked to Coach Coop this week. Coach Cooper. So one of the guys that James and I were with was the head coach of Penn State baseball. Yep. And he coached Hazley on one of the, the teams. The USA, uh, the national, USA teams. national team. And he was just like, dude, that guy is a gamer that just wants to play every single day. And if he's not in the lineup, like he'll he'll be upset about it. But he's such a respectful kid that he won't be mean about it. The guy just wants to compete and just wants to win. And uh, I think we're, we're, we're seeing that so far with Hazley. Shout so. out to Coach Coop. Coach Coop. We had a lot of fun with Coach Coop. Thinking about going to Penn State. Go to Penn State and play for Coach Coop. Yes. Oh, my God. Go play for Coach Coop. Jack was trying to petition to get him his two years eligibility. Still yeah, there, I, but... I kept reminding him I still have two years left. Yes. Uh, I know you you see... didn't seem to bite. Well, he saw the frame, and he said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> he said, at one point, I'm sure you were a good son, but you've definitely put on some pounds yeah. since then. Yeah. No, Coach Coop was great. All right, on to Sunday. Can, we, Let... can, I, have one, can I have two more thoughts on Saturday? Really? Yeah, of course. Um, uh, Mike Morin. Yeah, Mike Morin. I forgot we should have brought more. Mike, Mike Morin, uh, they traded just a guy. Yeah, they, they they traded cash considerations for him um, from he, the Twins. His changeup is like disgusting. You though. like his changeup? Well, it's the second. So, so his fastball can still get the ninety two, ninety three, and then he'll drop a seventy three mile an hour yeah, changeup. I love. I'm a big fan of the massive change of speed guys like that. Yeah, it's just sometimes it might be too much, but. Uh, if he can consistently get that four seam fastball up and above above guys' hands, because it's a flat fastball, but if he can get the four seam fastball above guys' hands and then mix in a changeup, um, well, he throws a lot more changeups than than fastballs, I'm pretty sure. But if he can go fastballs up, changeups down, it works for him. I'm excited to see what um, what he has, and then um, yeah, it can't be worse than Austin Davis or Edgar Garcia. So you're darn right about that. Yeah, I know. I do not like Austin Davis. No. Nor Edgar Garcia. Although we didn't like Ranger Suarez. That's a good point. Now we love and him. And he figured it out. We don't like Cole Irvin, but who knows? <sighs> nah, not yet. Not nah, so going to like him. But he did change his arm slot. Yeah. Which so, is, which we'll is fine. We'll see. Uh, my other thought was just about Pavetta. And just I think I said it earlier anyway. So yeah. we're all good. Pumping it up there. All right. On to Smiley. Full take on Smiley. Uh, obviously, other than the asinine Cliff Lee comparison from Gabe <laughs> Kapler. We love you, Cap. But come on, bro. Uh, I was... I was really impressed with Smiley, and I went back and watched. We we were listening on the way home, and we actually got home. Uh, we did good. Got home for like the second half of the game. Caught the Rezomer. Yeah, caught the Rezomer, all that. But um, I went back and watched uh, a lot of Smiley stuff, and he looked really good, man. Like, that's a funky curveball, but it worked. And it might be something where the more people see it, the more they'll get a beat on it and all that. But, I mean, I'm not expecting Drew Smiley to save the season, but I was certainly impressed. I he is a my main takeaway is that he is a Chris Young kind of pitcher, um, spin rate and no 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 not that like what I mean by that is when I watch the Phillies consistently and the part that kind of frustrates me and um, I know frustrates a lot of like old timey guys is that as soon as the two one it's a two one count he'll throw he'll force his guys to instead of throw a fastball. He'll make him throw a curveball or a changeup or slider or whatever because two one a two one count is traditionally what guys just sit dead red and, and try mm-hmm. to do damage. So the thought process is is that you throw off speed or whatever and then catch it, it catches them off guard. But the problem is is that the whole league's kind of trending that way. So I don't think it really catches people off guard anymore. And I would I would rather take like a good a well-placed fastball over a, a, a curveball slider or whatever to make it a 3-1 count. And I don't think the guys on this team have good enough control of their off-speed pitches to really um, to really you be... You throw cons- them in any count. Yeah, they're not... Like, Noel's yeah. the one. Noel's, Noel's the one, one that can yeah. do that. And even he's been disappointing in this year. But, like, yeah. Eflin, no. Arietta, no. No. Um, uh, Pavetta, no. Obviously not. But Pavetta is what... Like, Pavetta was the brain... Like, should have been the brainchild. It's the idea. It's the yeah. right idea. Yeah, for sure. So, but with Smiley yesterday, like, he did such a good job of... of Controlling the curve. All over, like, the, just, just count-wise. Like, didn't matter what the count was. He could throw whatever he wanted for a strike. And that's what made Drew Smiley a, a intriguing prospect was the control and the, the strikeout and capabilities. And a good pitcher for the Rays and Tigers. Like, he had some really nice Major League seasons. He was the main piece in the David Price trade. Yes! So... I don't want to go. To, I don't think his stuff is is too wipeouty. Like like the guy had an ADRA with the Rangers and was yeah. not pitching that well in AAA. Right. But like what I saw yesterday was a guy that can control all three of his pitches at his as best. He can control all three of those pitches and um, throw them whenever whatever county wants and just keep guys off balance all the time. Yeah. No. I was I was really happy, really impressed to see him go out and pitch well. I've I've always loved Drew Smiley. I've owned him on. Far too many. I owned him when he was in the minors on fantasy teams. Like, I've long been a Drew Smiley guy. So it was cool to see. But again, I, I, 
you can't expect that every outing. Uh, you know, he's going to have some hiccups, and, and who knows if that, that might be the best start we get from him all season. It might be. Yeah, I mean, but you know, I'm, the, I'm hopeful. The book's going to come out. The book's going to come out, exactly. and they're going to get Sky reports exactly. and whatnot. But even if a Sky report comes out, if you can still throw a pitch whenever you want and spot your spot your pitches, like uh, a book can only do to, do so much. So he's not going to blow you away with with stuff. But I just think that if he can if he can get control all pitches in any count, he could be a solid pitcher for the Phillies. Yeah, and look, we there are tons of times where guys just need a change of scenery, need a new spot, need a new league, whatever. So well, he's had three change of sceneries in two seasons. Yeah. So. Well he also had Tommy John two years ago and I he think is, he's this still is his coming first back. season back from Tommy first John. Season, it was in the summer it was exactly two years ago he had Tommy John. Summer of twenty seventeen. So like look, it's usually eighteen months to really get back and maybe it's just taking him a little longer. Like there is that hopeful thought with it that maybe he's back and now he can kind of really start to pitch well. And I thought his fastball velocity was more than I thought it was gonna be. He was which, up to ninety three a couple of times. Yeah, which if he can throw ninety three and, and spot that curve, he's gonna be all right. Yeah. I actually like the cutter more than the curve. I thought the cover's a good pitch. Yeah. Really? No. I like oh, that. Because yeah, the curve looked good. I thought it was okay. It was funky. Yeah, it didn't move much though. Yeah, it worked, though. People were off balance with it for some reason. Yeah, well, when you come out and you're going from 87 cutter with the same kind of... Same kind, same of, kind of delivery? Uh, arm, uh, arm uh, slot. Yeah. Action mm-hmm. out of the hand. And then you come with a uh, curveball that's like 77. Like, we talked about, a lot about that with Eikhoff, um and why he was so good. Um, so when you go, when you're gearing up for 87 and then 77, you're out in front of it. But, yeah. Yeah. In on Smiley. I'm intrigued by Smiley. Yeah, not yeah. In on Smiley. I, hopeful. I yes. think it's a really good word. Need him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Need Drew Smiley. <laughs> well, that's the sad part about it. We're all coming out of the game and be like, Smiley can save the season. It's like, slow your roll a little bit. Should they extend him now? Relax. <laughs> Listen, Gabe saw, Gabe saw six innings from a starter and, and was called like, him that's Cliff Cliff <laughs> That's that him. Just shows how beaten down Gabe has been by this staff all season. Like, oh, it's Cliff Lee. Cliff Lee, guys. Um, shout out to uh, Reeves again. I, I just to, to come back to that. I, it's a narrative for some reason. People think he doesn't get clutch hits. Who? Seems like all he does is get clutch hits. All his hits are clutch hits. Not the other. Uh, not until he was not that clutch. Until he in his career he had been. I'm just saying. Well, yeah, no, the, no. The sl- well, you know last like two that, months. In in the time he's been in the major leagues. Reese Hoskins has the most go-ahead RBI of anyone in baseball. Yes, but the last two months has not been great at that. Agree. Until agree. The, until the, the the Dodgers game and that. Yep. But a couple big hits. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, they need they need him. They need a they need Reese to be a four hole hitter. All right. Any other thoughts from uh, yesterday's game? Mm, any more thoughts from yesterday's game? Again, bullpen did a great job. Neris was terrifying. Hit two guys, so that's fun. Nurse heart attack, heart, heart attack, heart <laughs> He's back, man. He's got to stop hitting guys, man. Yeah, he's going to get killed. Like, he's going to get someone else killed. <laughs> people are going to start He's never going to step to the plate. He's going to get Hoskins killed, or he's yeah. going to get Harper killed, or whatever. Uh, Adam Morgan just continues to be back. Thank God. I was worried coming off the injury. that. Yeah, he was... well, we talked about it. Is he really back? Like, is he healthy? And it looks like he's good to go. Yeah, for sure. And Ranger again, I mean. And Jose just... Alvarez. He's good. Jose Alvarez good. He's good. I feel Trust com- that guy. I feel confident in saying he comes into the game. I'm like, okay, this could be okay. Better than Luis Garcia. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> trade worked out. Um, all right, um, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame in a sec. Any thoughts coming up? Uh, weird week in that you know you. I feel like it's rare in July that you have a five game week, but they only got five game week. Yeah, and it's good timing too. I they mean, need it. Everyone help get everyone rested before the Brave Series weekend. Totally give uh, pitchers a chance to set the rotation a little bit more. And yeah, all and the that. Tigers are just you no know, bad. So you should be able. To, yeah, they're awful. You should be able to take two. Tigers. Most people might not realize, but the Tigers actually have a chance to steal the worst team in baseball from the Orioles. Like we were like, the Orioles are a lock to be the worst team in baseball this year. Tigers might be. They're right there. They can't hit. Tigers bad. They're a bad team. And we're getting Matt Boyd, so we get a firsthand look at one of the potential trade targets. But Shane he's, Green, another guy who's Boyd's been, been bad. Thrown in these. No, he hasn't been bad. He's striking out a lot of guys. The last five so, starts, not been great. Well, the strikeouts have been amazing. He's got like three straight with double-digit strikeouts or two out of three or something like that. Yeah. Like 14 strikeouts a couple starts ago. So is Robbie Ray. Okay, give me either one. I know, but he hasn't been great. Last You're just crapping on Matt Boyd, huh? I'm worried about Matt Boyd. Are you really? Yeah. Why? Talk to me. Uh, Because he doesn't have the... Like, if I'm trading big prospects or... I know, he doesn't have a great track record. I know the control right? guys, but like... I want to track. I want a little bit of track re- track record rather than trading for a half a season breakout guy. Sure. I mean, he was a big time prospect, someone who was expected to be good, had some issues, and hasn't really put it together till twenty eight. But yeah, I think it's fair. Yeah, I, I'm a little worried, but I would take him. Just I just don't know 
cost the prospect. Feels like it's going to be a high cost for someone who has three years of team control. Plus, it seems like they're trying to toss Shane Green in. You realize Shane Green has a 1.03 ERA, a yeah. 0.7 whip, a 0.7 whip. Yes, he's been really good. He's been awesome. But he's he's still like, I don't I don't know. think he's good. I watch him pitch, and I'm like, I don't know. You're whatever. He's been awesome. I know. But it's like that one Genmar year. Yes. Genmar. Wow. Remember that one? Except Genmar was just getting saved. He wasn't, like, even the numbers weren't that good. It was like, I don't know how this is working. Like, Shane Green's got a 0.7 whip. Like, how do you argue with that? Yeah, like, I know. It's ridiculous. I watched him. I'm just like, really? I don't know. Um, so yeah, so it's gonna be really interesting. Keep your eyes on who um, who they're scouting and all that stuff. It seems like the four biggest names have been Boyd, Ray, Stroman, and Greinke, and obviously different types of deals for different guys. But have you heard any other names in there? As obviously we'll talk about this a little bit more as we get closer. But anyone well, today, else to watch? today uh, Nightingale said that they are uh, scout, they are keeping tabs and scouting both Greinke and Ray, right? Um, which is interesting. Uh, I mean, so it's Greinke, Minor, Ray, Stroman, Boyd. So yep. it seems like those are the guys. They should pretty much cross over. I forgot to say Ray there. Yeah, they, they want to cross up on Garner probably because he's a rental, and yep. they just want to look towards next year as well, which I'm fine with. Yeah. So if I had to rank the starters right now. Of the guys yeah. I, I would trade for, you would trade for forgetting package, forgetting whatever. No, no, no. this is gonna. I'm factoring. Oh, so you're in. factoring it all in package. Uh, what you think it would cost to get them? What type of pitch oh, no, they no, are? No. Rest of contract. You're factoring everything in. Yeah, I'm factoring in what it's gonna cost prospect wise, contract status, and pitcher. Okay, one Granky. Absolutely. Two minor. Okay. Three Ray. Okay. Four Stroman. Five Boyd. Five huh? Boyd. Wow. Yeah. I would put Boyd out of Stroman. You're just thinking I'm saying because of the package, it's going to be that much more because Boyd has a couple more years than mm-hmm. Stroman. That's fair. I think I'd still rather have Boyd. I agree on the top three, though. I, I think that Granky is the clear—because we both would like to get Granky and not—and, like, pay pay money. Just pay. Cool. Uh, so I, I agree, and I think Minor is—I think Minor is probably the best right now in this moment of that next four, just as a pure pitcher right now. And I think he probably—I think their cost is probably similar— I think Miner probably costs more than Stroman, but I think he also um, is a better pitcher. I feel like Miner's going to cost a f- like fair value, mm-hmm. like and then Stroman, I'm not sure. Like, I feel like you're going to pay a lot more than you're. I think so too. It's really and totally the, worth. The question is, are you trying to add in a Ken Giles? You're trying to get a closer in a deal too, and then it gets a little more different. Yeah. But but I, well, I would agree with those rankings. What no one's talked about though with Granky is that the, the guy has a no trade clause, and he, uh, the Phillies are on it. And he, yeah, well, he hates big cities. And he hates big cities. He's like actually has anxiety and stuff. So I wouldn't be shocked if he doesn't want to come here. So they better do their homework. That's yeah. all I'm saying. And because yeah. this happened last year with Adam Jones, like the Adam Jones deal was pretty much done. And, and I was like, and, I don't want to go there. Yep. I got ten and five. Sorry. Yep. And the, but that and that kind of hurt the Phillies in other trades because they thought they were getting Adam Jones. It's a great point. So make sure, make sure you, make sure Adam Jones. <laughs> Before make sure you go deep Cranky's, down the path, make sure he's actually going to come here if you come to a deal. And correct. All. Yeah. Is that too much to ask for? I think it's a very fair amount to ask for. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I just want the I want the idea of Zach Cranky playing GM, and his first move would be to get rid of Andrew Knapp. <laughs> it's still my my favorite it's Zach Cranky story is yeah. that he was on the Dodgers, and AJ Ellis said, "Hey, I heard you want to be a GM. Like, what would your moves be for the Dodgers?" And his first move was his first his first idea was I would get rid of you. To AJ Ellis, strong face. line. Also, my favorite Cranky story is when he sniped. Nishak for his stupid autograph cards. I was like, I'm not giving you an autograph. Get away from me. Yeah, well, guess what? They're Shout gonna, out to Zach Granke. They're going to be teammates. Yeah, right. Well, Pat Nishak's not playing again this year, so yeah, probably yeah. not. And he's, he's gone at the end of the year. Pat Nishak is done in here, yeah, and so we can rip him all we want. We're never going to see Pat Nishak in a Phillies uniform again. Thank so. God, Jack. <laughs> Enough of the Pat Nishak experience. All right, Hall of Fame. That was really cool, man. Like, yeah. as, as baseball nerds, I, I went when I was like nine years old with my dad and my brother. Um, as a baseball nerd, it was a really cool experience to be there at the museum, all that, but really also just to be there all of a weekend to have all these players. Just, like, we're walking down the street, and then we're like, oh, that's Ozzy Smith. Like, Ozzy Smith is just right there. Oh, and next to him is Tommy freaking Lasorda. Like, that's cool. Tommy didn't know where he was, <laughs> but we saw Tommy Lasorda. Dude, he actually looked all right. He looked good for Tommy. He, Tommy Lasorda looks, looks the same since 1988. Same yeah, guy. Just looks the same. Yeah. He's good. It was really fun. The the whole weekend, the whole experience. What, what was your take on on going up to the hall as such a big baseball nerd? Um, that that uh, baseball fans like that sit down and watch the their favorite players golf are weird. Oh yes, okay. So that is a really weird thing that people at the Hall of Fame weekend do is they set up like chairs and and have their bath and their balls to watch baseball players. Play golf. Yeah. At one hole. It's like coming around and seeing like tee off and then it's over and you're done. You wait there like 
so weird, man. Yeah, and they but they but they're also there to get autographs as they're coming by, yes. which is it's so weird. The adult autograph seekers, which yeah. I'm not a big fan of. Uh, it's not my thing. It was also super hot. Uh, the it was like really hot. Yeah, but like the idea of just sitting there all day waiting for people to walk by on a golf course sounds. But like, like it was just worst time. it was just uh, it was just cool that we weren't <laughs> we're not the only baseball nerds in yeah, the world. Yeah, you find out there felt like I was with family. Tons of nerds. Yeah, like freaking Orioles nerds and Mariners nerds and. Way too many Yankees nerds. A lot of Yankees fans. Also very easy to piss off. Yeah, so we kept going around all weekend just going like, unanimous? We'd like walk up and like look for groups of Yankees fans and be like, but unanimous? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like yeah, a for closer? Because Mar- Mariano Rivera obviously being the first unanimous player of all time to get into the Hall of Fame, which is insane. Um, and it Yankees fans did not take kindly to us making fun of Mariano yeah. Rivera. When they heard us. Other yeah. times they just ignored us. But the best one was when we went to get dinner and we're just doing it and we see Yankees fans and we're like, but unanimous? And he turns in and goes, yeah, unanimous. Look at my arm, man. And he had a tattoo of unanimous with the 42 on it on his arm. We were done. Yeah. That was it. Una- that was it. Unanimous. It was over. Unanimous. unanimous. Yes. It was so unanimous. sad. It was yeah. one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my yeah. life. At that point, I was like, you know what? All right, buddy. You got it. You win. Your closer. Your, your closer was unanimous. unanimous. Enjoyed the tattoo. Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> Ken Griffey Jr. not. No. Pedro Martinez Ruth not. not or freaking Willie Mays not. Hank Aaron not. Like Mariana Rivera. I think Mariana Rivera is a stone cold, no doubt about it, Hall of Famer. No question, but come on. First ever unanimous, like, come on. I know. I know. Uh, and I mean, I think they should all, I think it should be in or out. Like, they should all be unanimous. You're either Hall of Famer or I not. Saw, but. I saw Rich Doobie. I didn't, I didn't want to go up and nerd about it. I, I know. Wanna, like, you should have. Yeah, I didn't want to. I'm not, I'm not big hey, into that. Hey, Rich, uh, you think they need a BP printer down there? You know anyone that can get me in the door? Yeah. I only need his foot in the door. I'll make the rest happen. <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, uh, obviously, like, I, it really sucked that Halliday wasn't there, and yes. like obviously, it could just it was it was like really sad. It like I, I was like, oh, just felt wrong. It felt weird, especially with the, obviously Edgar's there and Moe's there, and they're all there, and and he wasn't. And Brandy was amazing. Of you course, know, we talked about it before, but getting to hear the speech was like perfect timing with the rain delay and all that. But I mean, the the strength and toughness that that woman had and has had through this whole process is oh, she's been up unbelievable i could never like do it. i could never do it i would crumble into a little ball and die like i i just i couldn't do it she's been so amazingly impressive and to get up on that stage knowing that it should be roy doing it and to give that speech and talk about and hitting the notes like you know the that all that people are not perfect we are flawed we're all flawed everyone's got their flaws like no one's perfect but that line about that that sometimes imperfect people can have perfect moments like I welled up. Like, I was just hits you. It's just yeah. like, wow. And he did. Roy Halladay had perfect moments as a baseball player. Literally, a perfect moment that, that most ball players never get to have. So, And for the record, the no hitter was a better pitch game than the perfect oh, game. No question. The I mean, no hitter was, the no hitter was, uh, he was untouchable. It's the best. It, it's that, I, that, and one time I remember Pedro in a playoff game coming in to pitch five and two thirds. Yes, Indi- Indians. Indians. And yeah. he pitched five and two thirds no hit innings of relief. Those are the two best pitching performances i've ever seen in my lifetime that's it yeah I, and and granted you know it's very rare like i've seen parts of no hitters and all that like it's rare that because it was a playoff game you're sitting down watching the entire game start to finish so you see it the entire every pitch of a no hitter and that was what was so cool about it but and especially coming from you who you left your high school prom to go watch jack morris versus <laughs> jack morris versus smaltz so that's t- that's t- you mean it I mean it. Seriously. I mean, we said it before, but just the idea that this guy waited his whole career after pitching the AL East against the Red Sox and the Yankees and even those Orioles teams that made the playoffs and all that stuff and just had never had the chance to pitch in the in the postseason, in those bi- the biggest of moments, and for him to take the ball that very first time he gets it and do what he did, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad he's the first battle out. Just I'm glad he is a like, when you think of Hall of Famers. Yep. you think of guys like Halliday, absolutely Mo and Edgar, it's the, such, and a ball player. You and, always like to say that, but Royale was a ball, just player. a ball player. Yeah, just a, a a guy that you could look up to every single day uh, for young pitchers. So uh, it was it was it was tough with with Halliday not there, but there's so many Phillies fans that was really cool um, seeing them and and come out and and go to honor Roy and uh, you know seeing the hallways and the the uh, the plaques. With was just crazy. Plaques are super cool. And uh, one day, well, I, Bryce Harper's going to look so great on that plaque. Like great. when you think about it, even though the vast majority of the plaques 
don't really look like the people they're supposed to be debating. Yeah, but he's going to have slick back hair. It's going to be it's great. Gonna be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. So, um, yeah, Hall of Fame Week was a lot of fun. The funniest part of the plaques is that you you find out all these people's names that you know. Like, I told you, like, Willie Stargell's name is actually Wilver. Wilver. Ver? Yeah. Wilver? I never... I didn't know that. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, Roy Halliday's name was Harry. You yeah. know what I mean, like, you know, you Harry Halliday. Yeah, you see all this stuff, and you don't, you don't realize all that stuff. Leroy, Harry, Leroy. Well, uh, I, th- I still think they're funny. I, I know he's Dutch, but Bert, Bly, Bert Blylevin's like real name is obviously Albert. Yeah, with two A's. With two A's. <laughs> so, it was Rick. With, it was R I K Rick Albert. Yep. Two, two uh, A's. Bert. Yep. It, it, well, I was, love it was really neat to see like all the different, you know, because you just don't you don't think about those things. But a lot of people's names that you know them by aren't necessarily the names they have. Chuck Klein. You wouldn't know that Chuck wasn't, isn't, you know, he's, he's uh, what was it? It, was, it wasn't even Charles. It was something. Anyway, we're going too deep. But the point is, it was very it was a lot of fun to see all that stuff. Yeah. And like, obviously, there's a lot of crowds for Hall of Fame weekend. But if you can just do it once and just go walk down the road and, and see yes. all the Hall of Famers, you seeing Daryl Strawberry and Chanting in his face. Daryl. <laughs> Jack, Jack, Jack gave me some crowd. So we see Daryl Strawberry like, Daryl. Yeah. So Daryl. So here's, let's, Jack let's, gave me some crap. Let's play for this it. out. <laughs> a 37 year old grown man is five feet from Daryl Strawberry, yep. yelling in Daryl Strawberry's face, Daryl. Yep. And I was, I was the a hole yep. for saying, relax, yep. buddy. Well, he, he loved it. Well, I'm, I think I sure? might, I might have made Daryl's day with that. Well, you know me. David I, Justice loved it too. I'm a big, He's like my man. I'm a big Funny act stuff. like you've been there before. Yeah. Yeah. So. You sure are, buddy. You also, sure a lot of Freddie Galvis, uh, Freddie Galvis types there. Ozzy Smith, um, a, a, a Freddie Galvis Freddy guy. Galvis types there. <laughs> Freddie Galvis that types. Good so. work by you there, buddy. <laughs> Bringing it back uh, around. Uh, it was really cool. Yeah, for sure. And there's, if you want to nerd about nerd out about baseball, I mean, there's no better place to do it. There, literally, it, it really is like baseball heaven. That's what it feels like. And and I said on the last pod, if you listen, you know, I've got my issues with the Hall of Fame. I we made fun of the unanimous thing, but I have a huge issue with that. Charles Herbert Klein, hmm. Chuck. Um, well, I mean, Charles makes sense. Charles, yeah, it yeah. wasn't as good. Yeah, I was. Yeah. I think I was thinking of Aloysius Simmons, Al Simmons. I didn't realize he was Aloysius. Huh, it was right next to each other, so that's why. I, I think most Al's are Albert. You would think. Yeah. Not that one. Mm. Anyway, if you've never gone, it is, and it doesn't even have to be. Hall of Fame weekend, it was cool because the players were there, like Jack was saying, but just to, just any weekend, just going up and spending time at the museum and the little town and everything, it's it's a really awesome, well, and awesome place. And just to be there, just to be there when... When Harold Baines finally <laughs> got in the Hall of Fame, we were there to see the worst player in the Hall of Fame getting inducted. I mean, that's it's pretty special, man. For sure. All right, what do you got in the uh, the note bag? Uh, let's see. In... Wilver Dornell Stargell. How about that? Anyway, interesting. Um, I'm just gonna save mine for a final thought. Whoa. I'd, All right. I well, put everything else out. Final thought. Final thought is. I love this. Is a. a uh, Miracle. I put the other stuff out earlier. Good work. Um, so I noticed this this weekend with Bryce is that um, is that he is swinging at a lot of first pitches and pitchers have adjusted to him doing that. I think I'm pretty sure that every single first pitch of the last weekend, well, except for the one the one from some other Pirates reliever, but it feels like for the majority, it's been first pitch sliders to Bryce Harper because he's been he what what got him I think out of his funk was hunting that first pitch and looking to do damage on. I mean, he hit the walk off on a first pitch. Yep. Uh, he's been great at going after first pitches, and then if it's a strike, it's a strike, and he'll battle his way back and get back to the count. Um, but I think he's got to adjust back and see spin out of the hand better and not be so over aggressive. Um, so. Because pitchers, pitchers are always going to figure it out. So if you have a trend and a tendency to do a certain thing, they're going to expose it. And I think they're kind of exposing Bryce's uh, aggressiveness is on first pitch. So I'd like to see him adjust back. I like that. Yeah. That's good work right there. Yeah, always. you noticing things. Yeah. Also we, have, also, we have a new intro to the podcast. Thanks to yes! Chase Sr. Sh- hey, shout out to Chase Sr. That was really cool. To and think I think on us. Thursday's podcast, he's gonna we're going to have the Bryson Stott interview. Which will be really cool. Shout out to Bryson Stott. Dude, it's our guy. I love him. It's our guy. We're, I love we're in on Bryson Stott. Bryson Stott, like I'm already in love with him and him and Boehm and Moniac and yeah. Hazley. Like I just love those guys. Yeah, we know. And Stott, just like I just envision him for for at least a decade. Just smooth hands, shortstop. Just every ball right to the mitt, like Rollins, and then just being a consistently like two eighty to three ten hitter with like twenty home runs, and then Bone just being a Chris Bryant in the middle of the lineup, and then Moniac being a three hundred hitter, and you know, I mean, his power is coming. 
You know, you know, I gotta say something for a second. You know, freaking, I like, I, I respect Keith Law. I think Keith Law is a really good. He does a good job. I think he's really smart. Yeah, I think he's really smart. I think he's smart. And I think Baseball America is great. But like these, the last week, there's been scouts who have said that Moniac's swing is like not good or something. And I would just like to disagree. <laughs> he's got a, he's got a gorgeous swing. I would, I would, I would disagree with this. I like that about Moniac's swing. And yesterday, two for two with a double and a home run, uh, his fifth of the year. So I just let, let Moniac live. I, I, he is, he has figured out how to, how to, how to hit and doubles and whatnot at the, at, at the minor league level. He's finally slowing down for him and next is going to be the power and if keith law wants to come on and talk to us we'd be happy to do that yeah i'm just saying like, keith, I, come on we'll talk about money x swing i think he's great i just i would i'm a big fan i would disagree with with his swing not being good all right my final thought two final thoughts first one confirmed at the hall of fame kirby pocket and that was confirmed <laughs> it was second confirmed. we got to an argument uh there with Ryan Spader, a, who invited us actually, up. Ryan Spader, great dude. Thank you for the weekend. We had a great time. Um, Ryan thinks that Joey Votto is more of a Hall of Famer than Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. It's, it's just hate to see that. <laughs> just hate to say it, man. <laughs> just hate to say and it. not only thinks it, like, thinks it with authority. Like, got really mad at us when we flippantly, as we should have said, that Miguel Cabrera is definitely better than Joey Votto. He lost his mind. Joey Votto is going to be the ne- his next pro- passion project. Which at is one great. Point, at one point, Joey Votto is going to be Which his passion project. Which is great. And project. I think Joey Votto a really nice player. I mean, Miguel Cabrera is a no doubt about it lock Hall of Famer. No. Joey Votto is not. He should. He will be. I think he might be. Look, he doesn't have 2,000 hits. We talked about that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He's got time. He's got time. He's 35 really. or whatever. I can't not that much I time. I never understand. I never forget how. I always forget how old Joey Votto Well, my favorite part about the argument, and again, shout out to Spader. We had a great time. Um, but my favorite part of the argument was when I said, well, give me an, give me a reason why. And his go-to answer was because he hasn't popped out to the first. Because he popped out to the first baseman once in his career. Yeah, I'm like, well, it's not a very good argument. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Spader can come on and fight with us. <laughs> Got it. Uh, all right. Um, Fritz, uh, we had a lot of fun. Hall of Fame. This two or three. I mean, uh, I was about to say two or three. Two of none. They have to win both. Yeah, sweep. You have to sweep. No doubt about it. Okay. No doubt about it. And it's uh, Nola versus Boyd and then Velasquez. We'll see. I feel fine about Velasquez. Okay. Gotta win. Gotta Yeah, gotta win tomorrow night. Okay. Big one tomorrow night. All right, we'll be back Thursday. Until then, uh, everyone, have a great week. Wow. How about that? (laughs) Have a great week because we love you guys. We'll talk to you later. He's Fritz himself. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.